This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you. And then Maureen says you, and I say you. And Maureen says you, and I say you. And Maureen says you, and I say you. And then I say at patreon.com slash says who. Thank you. 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 Hi, it's me, Maureen. Our book, Vanishing Stair, comes out on the 22nd. Free order. Bye. Hey, Maureen. Mm. Maureen. What? What? Uh, hey, Hi. are you... Dan, are what you are going, you doing here? Are you Are you going to bed? Dan, Dan, what are you doing here? We waited till after Trump's stupid speech to record. It's like... 10 o'clock your time it, it's not bedtime it's says who time how'd you get in down how'd you get in here what's I flew, happening i flew real quick just uh, i flew over Ah, uh, but what it's time we gotta we gotta do the ep- we never did the episode maureen how'd you get in I, I just i have a key what anyway um the what point you, is we still need wearing? to record the i'm i'm in my jammies is it's late, but we still need to we still need to record. We wait. Remember earlier today when we recorded, that was only the interview. We we decided it'd be a really smart idea to wait for Trump's address to the nation and record after. Dan, you're standing you... standing at the foot of the bed. It's dark and yeah. I I mean I I put this flashlight on under my chin. God, oh God. It's fine. Just we need to. I I need we need you need to get up. We need to record. I I I had to get in the house somehow. It's it's nothing. We gotta do the. We gotta do the episode. All right. Okay. We'll do the episode, Dan. Okay. All right. God, can anyone hear me? God, what's happening? This is who. Welcome to Says Who, the podcast is a podcast. It's a waking up strategy. Maureen, you need one of those. I'm Dan Sinker. I'm Maureen Johnson, and i am got my pillow. It is late. It is late night. (laughs) 9.30. Fuck you, Dan. We're what, two hours past your bedtime at this point? Why'd you shut? Shut up your dumb beardy face. <laughs> hey, don't be mad at me. Be mad at you. This whole thing was your idea. It's not my fault. I was perfectly content with recording an episode that had the possibility of being irrelevant due to Donald Trump declaring a state of emergency later that night. But no! <laughs> Last night, you had to send me an email. No. Subject line, potentially terrible idea. (laughs) Okay, shut up, Dad. (laughs) So dark and cozy in the closet. Sent one day ago, 7.17 p.m. From Maureen Johnson. Subject, potentially terrible idea. Single sentence email. Do we want to watch this dumb speech tomorrow and record after it? I've got the receipts, Maureen. Look. So it's time to wake up! Oh, God! Wake up! Dan, I'm so tired. It's time. It's time! We watched the stupid fucking speech. Let's get that part over with. We Jesus. watched it. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, oh. I will say that before this, someone was a grumbly pants and didn't want to sit and watch his speech. Mr. That's Mr. Someone Be- was me. Beardy no nose over here. I don't want to watch the speech. I don't want to, Maureen. I don't want to watch. <laughs> and who was right? Like I didn't want to watch it either. I just wasn't being such a baby about it. Ugh. I sat there and I took it. I sat there and I watched it and I gritted my teeth. 
I had uh, Donald Trump in one window, and on my phone, I had Stormy Daniels folding her laundry live on Instagram. Yeah, I tried to watch that, but I couldn't get it to load. There, were, I think there were a lot of people watching that. Dan, one time my friend Keely and I, I don't know why we, you know, we did this because this is the way we are. We decided that we had to watch that terrible Batman movie. The one with George Clooney. Oh, sure. Batman the, and Robin. Right. The really, really bad one. And yeah. it was so bad that we couldn't continue watching it. But at the same time, we'd made a pledge not to turn it off and not to leave yeah. the room. Yeah. So we kept trying not to like we at one point we threw a blanket over the television. <laughs> um, we <laughs> we kept, I don't we had just made a pledge that we were not. I don't know, there were beers involved, but we were just like, we're, we have to, we, we can't, we can't turn it off. Yeah. But we have, we can't, wa- we, we physically can't watch this, nor can we turn it off. And, and that, yes, we ended up throwing a blanket over the television. Um, so tonight I watched that while trying not to watch it, but at the same time I made a pledge to watch it. Yeah. I we- tried not to make it go in. We told you, says Whovians, that we would watch it for you. So this is what you missed. You missed a very sinusy Donald Trump. Kind of throwing his way through some kind of thick nosed thing. And over enunciating everything she said. I'm gonna die. That was most of it. And then I spaced out for a little while, and then suddenly I tuned back in, and he was like, and and this is the fucking president of the United States giving a, like, primetime thing. And he's like, and then this one person was bludgeoned in the face with a hammer, and they <laughs> stayed alive. They pulled their eyes out and threw it into the fire and then took their entrails out and wrapped them around their face. Hey, Dan, you wrote, you, you edited Punk Planet. Do you remember a song called Stuart by the Dead Milkman? Yes. My friend Dylan is a gigantic Dead Milkman fan. He like travels the country to see them play when they play. That is an amazing song. And it's, it's a song that's essentially a riff of some guy talking over repeated guitar chords and it's just a guy saying, saying, you know what, Stuart? I like you. You're not like the other people here in this trailer park. And he starts to tell stories about all these people who have died in terrible, in yeah. terrible amusement park accidents. And they said, keep your head and your arms inside the twister at all times. But our boy, he was a daredevil. And he put up his arms and he said, look at me, look at me. Pow! He was decapitated! They found his head and his arms over by the snow cone concession! You know what, Stuart? Anyway. Yeah, and that's what this felt like. They, Because he talked about one of the three terrible stories he told. Somebody... It's about somebody being decapitated. All I know is yeah. I looked up, he's like, and he was decapitated! Yeah, I mean, it was definitely... It was at that moment where you had just completely phased him out because this was this was a very low energy Donald Trump right and so like between the like severe sinal impaction and his general just sort of sleepiness it it was a very droney talk and so you just kind of spaced it out and then suddenly it was like wait what did he just fucking say do you remember Maureen for our younger listeners in the days before the internet if you wanted to see video of people dying, the one-stop shop was the Faces of Death video series. I do remember this, yeah. I never watched the Faces of Death video series, but there were like nine or ten, and they were compilations of claimed to be real-world video of people dying, and they were the sort of thing that kids in the schoolyard would narrate the scene that their cousin's friend told them about in Faces of Death. It was always like the kid that was slowly killing a bug in a jar was said that he had watched over the weekend. 
Yeah, exactly. And this this felt a lot like that. The like, I'm going to narrate a scene from Faces of Death. <laughs> and he was decapitated. Jesus Christ. The first part was... For, okay. As I remember it, Dan, and I don't know if I was there at the time, he was talking about it's a terrible humanitarian crisis. Yeah. such All this... Terrible humanitarian crisis. And then, don't you know, Dan, don't you know where all the drugs are coming from? Right. Um, Which is... It, all wrong, but... Yeah. Uh, like, the fentanyl stuff, that's not where the fentanyl's coming from. Well, but even more so, the drugs that are coming into the United States via routes along the southern border... The vast, 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 like 90 or 95 percent, some massive percentage are coming in stuffed into cars that are driving through the normal ports of entry. Like they aren't fucking off roading it through like the middle of nowhere, Texas. That's not how it that's not how drugs get into the country via southern routes. (sighs) At, At some point, Dan, he seemed to say that. The Democrats have always wanted a, a steel wall, and we're just trying to do that yeah. for them. Yeah. And at one on, point, on the Democratic request, we're yeah, we, doing we're, steel slats. We're doing this because everybody's begging me to do it. And also, did I hallucinate, or did he say the wall was going to pay for the wall? Oh, yeah. The wall's going to pay for the wall. Plus, Mexico's going to pay for the wall through, uh, through the new trade deal. Right. Indirectly. Sure. Yeah. I I feel like we just spent a half an hour watching through some strange twist of fate that one guy from school managed to convince all the networks to give him 10 minutes of airtime on every network so he could try to convince us that he's got a girlfriend in Canada. Uh, thankfully, we had Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer coming in like a house of fire to uh, give the Democratic rebuttal. Was Chuck Schumer trying to hypnotize us? He had one eye kind of half-closed and fluttering throughout. They were, so, if you did not watch this, so it's first... They are standing at one podium together, sort of crammed next to each other. (laughs) They are bolt upright, (laughs) unmoving, like unwavering from the position that they were in. The room that they are in is like, it was like, let's do this in the world's largest echo chamber. And they... Well, positionally, they were sort of taking up the stances of those two little girls from The Shining a little (laughs) bit. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It was a little bit like that. We had just ridden our big wheels up to them. Yeah, that's exactly right. Dan, poor Dan, an innocent man, just (laughs) rolled up on his big wheel and (laughs) stared up at these two and went, do you know what the wall is for? And they said no. No. But they, they more said... No. No, we do not know what the wall is for. The wall is, let us talk about reopening the government of the United States before we talk about a wall. It was, there was a definite, you know, it had a definite kind of Adams Family vibe about it. It did. Had somebody said, you know what's really cool about this? This is a Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi animatronic. I'd have been like, oh, that explains a lot. You know where I would have done it, Dan? If you and I were going to, you and I, let's say we're in that position and you and I have to give the rebuttal. You know where we're giving it from? Where? Hooters. Hooters. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Why not? There, did you know that there is a whole line of like new new school hooters? Neuters? Neuters. <laughs> yes. Neuters. <laughs> uh, anyway, can we be done talking about this talk? Nope. It was the fucking worst. Okay. 
I want to cheer you up with something, Maureen. I want you. I want to bring you back mm, to New Year's lying. Eve. You're lying to me. I'm not. I want to bring you back to New Year's Eve, mm. which New Year's Eve has a special, special celebration attached to it. Mm-hmm. Because New Year's Eve is also Donald Trump Jr.'s birthday. Oh boy. It's a special day. And he and he alone got to have the New Year's party at Mar-a-Lago this year. And Donald Trump Jr. on New Year's Eve introduces his children to the audience of paying people that came to Mar-a-Lago for this. Okay. This is from uh, the New York Post. After introducing some of the next generation, this is he pulls his children up on stage. Dojo said, quote, one day you guys will be doing this and I will be in a wheelchair. You will push me off the stage to get to the mic because you can't help yourselves because you're Trumps and you want the mic. That's nice. That's nice. See, told you it would cheer you up. Nothing like a good, feel-good New Year's birthday wish. I'm so tired, Dan. Can't we go to bed? No, we can't. We, we did can't. it, Dan. We did. I'm pushing my face into the pop screen. Why am I... <laughs> Look, Dan, I have had a week, okay? Just... You have. I really have. So you sleepy. Have. Hey. Hey, sleepyhead. This was your idea. What time do you go to bed, Dan? Uh, 11 30, 12 o'clock. What time do you wake up? Uh, usually the three year old has me up by about 6 30. You ever nap, Dan? I do. I try to grab 15 to 20 minutes late- later in the afternoon. <sighs> yeah, you're not, you're not helping my case. <laughs> Why? When do you go to bed? Shut up, Dan. Don't laugh at me. What? I'm not just, I'm just curious. <laughs> Shut up. No. <laughs> well, now I can't not laugh because you told me not to laugh. Shut the fuck up. God damn it. <laughs> the worst. I'm not the worst. You are. You are. Okay. We, okay. Okay. Generally, we kind of adjourn for the evening we have headed towards bed at 9.30. That's luxurious. And uh, we are normally asleep between 10.30 and 11. There you go. That's not that bad. When do you wake up? Uh, no later than 3 p.m. Okay. Well, so you got yeah. like five hours. Yeah. It's like five solid hours before you got to change into jammies. Before, before I always referred to the inc- the medical incident, the incident when I was different. Before yeah. I was like a midnight one, two, three a.m. kind of person, and then suddenly my body was like, "Nope, you're not going to be able to stay awake for very long." And in it was in the beginning, it was I was very rarely out of bed. Then it was you know six p.m. bedtime, seven p.m. bedtime, eight p.m., and it just kind of stuck that I had to go to sort of rest earlier. So yeah. I became someone that went to bed earlier. Did you, at that transition point, did you buy yourself like really luxurious night clothes? You know, it's funny you should say that because I did start to get more gym jammies. <laughs> yeah. Like I totally, I think if, 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 if that were to be me, I would be like, now is when I transition to silk pajamas. I did start to, because I was stuck in bed and that's where I had to do a lot of stuff from, I started to try to think of myself as Auntie Mame, who would kind of run her, you know, a bit propped up on a pillow, you know, yeah. no- notebooks on the bed. I'm like, I can do this. You know, like lots that. of people have conducted business from bed. I can do this. You need like a cigarette and a cigarette holder. One of those Absolutely. long cigarette holders for that to really come together, I think. And I bought a fuzzy pink bit like a one of those husband pillows the stand-up pillows i don't know what that is it's one of those like big propped up wedge pillows with the arm side things. oh like the little pillow chair things yeah they call them husband that's weird who calls them husband pillows i don't know when i had to try to find one to buy they call them what does that even mean well you know how like you have a husband and you, you they 
have I don't know they're they they're like pilly. I don't know. Wow. You stuff them and you drag That's them from creepy. room to room and I'm creeped out right now. You know how it is, Dan. <sighs> drag them from room to room. I know how it is. No, wait, no, I don't. I was just agreeing with you for no reason. You know how it is, Dan. I don't. Do you think Trump naps at all? Or do you think he just anger? Oh, I think he naps. Wakes. I definitely think he naps. I think there's, I would not be surprised to learn that he's in sort of a three hour sleep wake cycle. Like sort of like Da Vinci like, like just up 24 hours a day, but asleep for three hours awake for three hours. Is that what Da Vinci did? I believe Da Vinci, it was even shorter than that. I think it was like he would sleep for 20 minutes and then be up for two hours and then sleep for 20 minutes, something like that. Or at least that's the lie that I told myself back when I used to take 20-minute naps a lot. I'd be like, well, I'm like Da Vinci. Yeah, I could just stay up all night. Yeah, I'm just working on bullshit, and he was like a genius, but what up? Just like him, 20-minute nap. I love reading about sleep. See, now you're just going to sleep again. It's just my favorite thing to read about. <laughs> well, did anything else happen today, Dan? Well, <laughs> let's go with no. What? <laughs> okay, I'll give you one. Manafort's lawyers are very bad at their job. Do you want more? I love this so much. So, Paul Manafort. (laughs) It's so good, Dad. It's so good. He, if you remember back a few few weeks ago, he was, Mueller announced that Manafort's plea deal was off because he was lying uh, while under the plea deal, which was a plea deal for being found lying. So the dude is super committed to lying. Um, But he has... Crackerjack lawyers, Maureen. And they had to uh, put in a response to the courts today. And uh, in it, they gave a lot of evidence of stuff that apparently Mueller said that Manafort was lying about. But, you know, come on, he wasn't lying. And all of that stuff was redacted, meaning, you know, the black bar stuff that goes over text. Mm. But here's a funny thing, Maureen. Sometimes... When you're redacting stuff and you're an idiot, you do it wrong. Uh, Instead of, because you're doing all of this work in Adobe Acrobat. I'm going to get Adobe nerdy for one second. Can I? Can I have this indulgence? Oh, by all means. There are two ways of redacting text in Adobe Acrobat, Maureen. One of them is to draw a black box over text. The other one is to select your text and choose redact. If you draw your black box over text, the text is still text. And so you can select it underneath the black box when the PDF has been created, which is what they did this time. And uh, very quickly, people realized that you could just do a copy and paste out. And uh, so we learned a bunch of new exciting things like Manafort discussed election polling data. Assume uh, I would assume internal election polling data with Konstantin Kimlinik, an associate of his who's also suspected to be a Russian intelligence asset and who is currently in Russia. Um, He also discussed a pro-Ukrainian peace plan with him uh, in Spain. And uh, that plan, I've read a few different people that say we think that's probably the same plan that Michael Cohen then delivered to Michael Flynn early in Trump's presidency. The the real fun thing about all this, Maureen, is Manafort has not been found guilty of any Russian Trump campaign stuff. And everything redacted was Russian Trump campaign stuff. Whoops. 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 I just want to remind you that this is really happening. Yeah. They're not smart people, Maureen. 
None of them are smart people. I... I'm looking at the timer on our recording and I'm getting stressed out, but I need to tell you one other thing that's amazing. Okay. And I want to give it the, I want to give it the, the warning that it has not gotten a lot of mainstream attention and it could all be bullshit, but it's so wonderful and I love it so much that I want it to be real and I'm going to make it real by manifesting it in my mind, which is this. Speaking of Da Vinci, Maureen, the most expensive painting to ever be sold at auction is a Da Vinci painting. It was sold a year or so ago for $450 million. Okay. Mm -hmm. Are you with me so far? I'm not asleep. Great. $450 million. uh, When it was sold... Art collectors were like, well, someone overpaid by $300 million. That's fucking crazy. And that should be the end of the story. Except today it came out that that painting, number one, is missing. Number two, the person that sold it is a Russian oligarch. And number three, the person that bought it is Saudi crown prince Muhammad bin Salman and that Mueller's looking into all of it because it's potential money laundering. Are we in an Inspector Clouseau film? Um, is that the name of the inspector from the Da Vinci Code that Tom Hanks played in the movie with the fake ponytail? No, he plays Robert Langdon. Okay. Harvard symbiologist Robert Langdon. Okay, your voice cracked there in passion. I know a lot about Harvard symbiologist Robert Langdon. (laughs) He's the guy who wears turtlenecks because he's afraid of ties. Oh. Because they look like nooses and he goes everywhere in his loafers and he doesn't want to run fast because they'll slide in his loafers. Are these real character points? Yes. I know a lot about Robert Langdon. He just wants to be left alone. He just wants to swim and grind his own coffee by hand and not have anyone talk to him. But people keep calling him up, asking him to solve symbiology. It's a crime. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like risk. He doesn't like elevators or escalators or small spaces or cars or speeding or running. He hates it all, Dan. This is a very multifaceted character. He hates risk. And he loves symbols. Like the game? Because I hate Risk the Game. No, not like the game, Dan. Oh. Are you sure? Yes, Dan, I'm sure. Because it takes forever, and it's just fucking stupid. And like in hour five, all you're doing is grinding the other person into pulp. I just, don't make me yawn at you. So dark and cozy in here. (sighs) So well, late, Maureen. No, it's 10 o'clock, and no one's ever been up at 10 o'clock before. <laughs> before you fall asleep, Maureen. I'm not falling asleep. I'm before you fall asleep, I want to remind you that earlier today, mm. we talked governmental shutdown with BuzzFeed's Lisa Tazi. And if, if it will ever reopen. Lisa is super smart. She's the global news director at BuzzFeed News. Previously, she was at a little regional paper called the New York Times, where she contributed to small stories like the 9-11 attacks, the Iraq War, and Hurricane Katrina. We got her on a call with us just before the BuzzFeed team had to go figure out how to cover this piece of shit speech that we waited too long to watch. Let's go hear from Lisa. So Dan and I have made the terrible decision to, I wrote to Dan last night and said, Dan, we're going to have to watch this thing and then we should do a recording afterwards. And he very sadly, I could hear his beard go sad. (laughs) He said, yep, that's true. And as we record now, it's seven hours out. So what does that, what does that mean? What do you feel about it? Um, well, I think you're doing the right thing, as sad as it might make you, um, because you never know what what President Trump's going to say. 
Um, you know, there's been a lot of speculation for days. Will he call for call this a national security crisis? What will he what kind of you know language will he use? What you know, will he make things up? Will he not make things up? What how how do the networks handle it? Um, and you know, there was an early report um, that some you know reporters who had looked at the speech didn't see um, that national security crisis language in the speech. But like you said, it's seven hours from now. Anything can happen. Um, <sighs> we never ever know what's going to happen. Um, that is the theme of the past few years. I so we have all lived through the same two year timeline. Let's take that as an under, that's a given. (laughs) It occurred to me this morning when I was attempting to do other work, but couldn't stop thinking about all this stuff. Like it is, it feels to me like it is exponentially more bonkers suddenly. (laughs) Exponentially more bonkers is basically um, uh, the, a, a key chapter in my memoir um, that <laughs> I think, I think, you know, the, the stakes are up all the time. And every time we think that, you know, this, I guess we're, we're not crazy. How much more crazy could things get? Um, there's uh, the ante gets upped. And so um, I think, you know, the, the shutdown situation um is wild and you know we're on day 18 and there's really no sign of any kind of breakthrough coming anytime soon um you know the longest shutdown was 21 days in 1995 so you know we're we're heading towards that um trump loves to break records so maybe that's what we're going for i don't know um but uh it's things are always things are always in a state feel very much like they're always in a state of chaos. Um, and you know, one could argue it's been two years. I like to say that, um, it started in November, 2015. Um, and things have just been ratcheted up ever since then. This one really feels like a story problem, uh, where you had one character who has a, a, a stated desire. He wants a wall, and now we have an intractable problem and we don't – how long do you think this is going to – if you were saying right now, like, Lisa, you have to tell us how long this is going to go on and you have to pull a number out. Um, I, People keep asking me this and it's really hard. I, I, like, it could go on a month, maybe two months. I feel – I do think that, you know, this week um, 800,000 federal workers are going to miss their paycheck and there's going to be – some pressure that comes from that. I think, you know, the secret service and the TSA and like all these people that are, that are here to protect him and us and, you know, uh, are not getting paid and having to do their jobs. And I, I don't feel like that's, um, you know, something that is sustainable. Um, I'm, I'm particularly excited about having to fly this week. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I'm flying next week and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, I get on a plane tomorrow, and I'm like, maybe I'm not coming back. LA's <laughs> nice in January. Yeah, I'm about to go on a book tour. I'm going to be in all kinds of airports. Uh, yeah, you're going to have the best time. Woo! Hopefully, but hopefully, hopefully, you know, there's some kind of breakthrough. I I don't know exactly what that or when that will right. be. I mean, that's and the I think thing that's the difficult thing, right? Like, it, no one can. You know, we have all these, you know, journalists and pundits and members of Congress and, you know, just kind of everyone is in the same space where they're not quite sure what the breakthrough moment is going to be or how it, how we're going to get there. Yeah, it doesn't even seem like anyone's even having real negotiations to reopen the government at this point. Um, yeah, there was there were some um, there was some activity over the weekend, but it really didn't seem to take so i think uh you know the democrats are going to try to pass some bills to get some people to get people paid um i i don't know like how much longer um the president 
and the White House can continue to like dig their heels in and just say like we're not going to do anything until this wall happens. Um, if there's going to be any kind of political pressure or pressure from you know from anyone anyone in there um, to to kind of ease up on that. I didn't realize that the Secret Service was among or among those not the, being paid. The, the, I was reading earlier that the Secret Service is not is is one is you know federal workers are not going to be paid and they're they're going to have to do their jobs <laughs> without being paid. There's some concern about that. I wonder if they're going to start saying things like, "Oh well, I've gotten paid. I'm feeling real sleepy and unattentive." So. <laughs> I heard that somebody, you know, there's been stories about airport, you know, people in airports asking, like, do they need to take their shoes off? And the T- and TSA agents are like, I don't care. Do whatever you want. Um, I don't cool. know how how um, accurate some of those are. I think some some of them are exaggerations. But like there are there are, you know, you just have to think like it can't be the the most rewarding thing in the world to be, you know, those are hard jobs to begin with. Yeah. You, you know, once you get into an airport, it's like the wild west anyway, and people act all sorts of terrible. And then you're trying to, to do this, you know, high pressure, low paid job that is also now you're not being paid at all. Um, and I think that that must be really hard. I mean, there is a level of irony about shutting down the entire U.S. government or you know, a large part of the U.S. government over over stated concerns around national security. And a lot of what you're not paying is national security apparatus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have heard of tales of signs of pi- the pilots organization holding up signs saying, we don't know if your plane has been inspected. Probably not. Oh, I hadn't heard that one. Um, mm. Yeah, I like. I think there's. I mean, there gets there. We're also at this stage in this kind of situation where there's a lot of, lot of rumors and stuff, and it's you know we're trying to and you know a lot of so, stories on social media that we try to figure out whether you know they're true or not. The I mean, pl- I always say that plain Twitter is like one of the most fraught places anyway like yeah. in terms of in terms of <laughs> yeah. hoaxes and mistruths and lies and made up stuff and and this only makes it a little bit harder i heard a bear from a national park was flying a plane <laughs> that's great i want to go on the bear plane yeah no kidding and people in national parks apparently are just pooping on the statues and eating firecrackers <laughs> and it's a, yeah it's all all bets are off in the national parks they're just having a great time that's what it sounds like anyway. But there's a lot of poop. There's just the the story is there's a lot of there's a lot of poop and there's a lot of trash and those things aren't being dealt with. Um the people in DC weren't um into, weren't going to be able to get married, but now they now they will um because of a, <laughs> a regulation being passed pre- like today. So um it's just there's a lot of ways that this is messing up people's lives just the pooping levels are just the planes <laughs> and the pooping and the oh <sighs> this is what we this is what we signed up for with trump i feel yeah. like now that we've gotten to the pooping part we are really just getting to the, <laughs> the most literal iteration of the trump presidency i mean i'm kind of stuck on the idea that nobody can really figure out what ends this stalemate, right? Because at this point, he has dug himself, like, in order for the, the it to end with not a wall, he has to come quite a distance from where he has dug himself. Right. And he's not exactly known for that. Right. Yeah, no, um... No, he's not really fond of of backing down. Um, And in fact, you know, part of the reason this has escalated as it had is that, um, you know, the there were members of, you know, the Trump media world who were like kind of goading him for, you know, about about, you know, approving of any spending bill that didn't have wall money in it. Right. And and yet 
you know, the the obvious thing I remember right before, maybe right when the shutdown happened, I kind of said, I don't on Twitter, I said something like, I don't understand how this how this like fixes itself. And I got a lot of people being like, oh, well, just, you know, the House and the Senate can, you know, can overrule a veto with two thirds majority. But that involves a lot of people that have not demonstrated that they will go against Trump over the last two years to suddenly decide that they can, right? Yeah, no, there's, um, there hasn't been a whole lot of, of, you know, bucking against the, the grain (laughs) um, on, on matters that Trump feels strongly about. But they're so courageous. I mean, (laughs) think of the moral courage of someone like Marco Rubio. Have you not seen his Bible quote tweets? I, yeah, I mean, I think like they just, you know, they're, they're, I don't, I'm not sure what the end game is going to be. I really don't. I wish I had an answer for you. I wish I was like, this is exactly how it's going to play out. Um, but I have no idea. And, um, and that's basically like 80% of my life these days is like having really no idea how things are going to play out. I mean, so, so. An interesting factor in the like, I don't, as you said, like I'd really, you know, 80 percent of the time I don't know what's what's happening is we're also now at a point where there are all sorts of new dynamics in play. Right. Like there are there's a new White House chief of staff. There's a, you know, soon to be new attorney general on top of an already new acting attorney general. There's a new secretary of defense. There's an entirely new and vocal well, there's not and yet ready to thing. fight like oh yeah, there they're isn't all, they're all acting they're all acting yes yeah all, yeah i mean act, they're there but there are new people in yeah there those are new people roles. like playing those parts yes yeah and and yet there will be new people even then so like the, the real senior leadership is is almost all new and then the house is all new like so you, these it's like e- even had this been six months ago when we at least understand the pieces in play now it's like what even is the rule of this game right yeah no i think um i think there's a lot of variables now um and we're all just gonna have to see how it plays out what if we really don't want to (laughs) (laughs) listen if i have to you all have to um Dan, I've told you before, it's not an option for this not to be happening. <laughs> I really want it to be an option. Sorry. Though. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, it's not my fault, but it, I, I feel bad nonetheless. How does being a journalist feel? Like, How is the, the feeling different from before times? Oh, I thought you were going to say, how is it feeling different from being a normal person? And I'm like, I don't know. I've never been a normal person. Um, uh, before times. Um you know, things have been crazy. Like things have always been crazy. I am in like breaking news and the internet and, and things are just hectic and stuff a lot. There's just an added, there are always added layers of, um, of wackiness. And one thing I grew up, my dad had a restaurant. I grew up in restaurants and I, and I tend to think in restaurant metaphors and, um, it's very much like the stories. What happens is the stories never go away. The crazy stories stay. So it's like trying to drop checks on tables that you thought were done and they keep ordering other rounds, another round of drinks. Mm. Um, and this, so you have this like full house of stuff of rowdy customers. And then there's more people piling in at the door and you can't like get get them to, to go away. So it's just, there's, there's like, it's just an abundance of, of news and craziness that doesn't ever seem to stop or slow down or like it's time to move on. You know, like that, that, that story's like gone away. It like that story will always come back. You know, like we're still litigating the 2016 election. Like it's, it's, it's just impossible to kind of wrap things up. Um, and that sounds, I, that sounds fun. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's, gotten more intense for sure um than before times um but i've always it just always feel i don't really remember i don't really remember calm (laughs) that sounds so sad (laughs) but i don't 
Um, I mean, I, I, I'm curious also because you are you're in a position at at BuzzFeed where you also sort of oversee a lot of a lot of folks, all of whom don't remember Calm, right? Like, yeah. Is there just sort of a moment in every day where where you all like blow a whistle and everyone just rolls around on the floor <laughs> sobbing for a little while? No, I don't. I mean, not not literally, um, but um, I think. I think it's it is sort of a very strange it's a it's a strange time to do what we do. Um and luckily um I work with, you know, some of the greatest people who are um just incredibly smart and funny and um just take their work seriously but don't take themselves too seriously and I think that that helps a lot. Um I think that um I always say there's no better team to march to end times with. Um, oh, no. <laughs> but, oh, no. So, so at least there's that. Um, but I do, but honestly, I do, I try to, I try to make people, you know, take days off and get off the internet and, and um, go on vacations and things like that because, because it is so intense when you're, when you're here. Oh my God. And that, how do you how do you take care of yourself? Who me? Yeah, you. Um, um, oh no, I try. I mean, I try to impose those kinds of rules on myself too. Like you know, uh, go on vacation and 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 stay off the internet and when you can, and um, and you know, go to therapy and like all of those all those good self care things that you're supposed to do. I and uh, that I tell my staff to do. I I, I am doing them myself. Wow, you seem like the most well-adjusted person in terms of doing this job. Are you magic? Um, no, no, I cry a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Um, (laughs) But um, no, but honestly, like there is obviously, I love my. I mean, as bonkers as my job is. I love my job. I love a lot of things about my job. I love the people I work with. So that helps a lot. Um, I have a very nice husband and a very good dog. Like those things help a lot. Um, but, but, um, like, yeah, I mean, there's obviously if I didn't like what I did, I couldn't do it, but there are just certain aspects that I could do without. Um, and, uh, I think we're all just kind of figuring out how to how to adjust as as the rules keep changing and the and the pace keeps accelerating all the time. You guys had a role, obviously, in uh, publishing the Steel dossier. Yeah, um, we published it. <laughs> yep. When I say that a would be in, the role, that yes. would, that's. Look, I was trying to sound fancy, and then in the end, I was like, well, you guys did that. Yeah, no, I mean, I think we've always stood by the, de- you know, the decision that we made to, to publish it. Um, and and I was, you know, I'm proud to to work for a company that supported that decision and, um, you know, supported even when, you know, other people weren't um, – weren't happy with us. Um, and we were taking kind of a beating from some of our colleagues in the press. I think, um, I think, uh, Ben Smith, my boss and, and, and other people here really, um, stood firm and, and it's good to, to work with people like that. Well, it's, it seems that more and more things are, are proving true. So I got to ask you, is it out there? I I don't know. I actually don't even know. I don't I don't I don't know anything more than what we've published. You, I mean that's essentially true with all of this. Yeah. Right? Like none of us know anything until you all publish something. <laughs> I mean that's I mean that's the role of, you know, that's a lot big role of journalism, right? Is to to alert, you know, tell the public what's going on and make people aware of of what high powered people in government and business and the film industry or whatever are talking about or doing. And, and, and I felt, I feel good about that. 
And as all the president's men has taught us, is it also to kind of sneak around people's doorways at night and kind of jump in their house and try to steal their cigarettes and get them to talk? (laughs) I'm always jumping into people's houses and stealing their cigarettes. I just have a few more questions. It's a a real problem I have. The cigarette thing is getting harder and harder, though. It's like, no, come on, really? Like, maybe you've got one in an old jacket? (laughs) Come on, you must have one somewhere. Yeah. Ah. I did, when I walked through Union Square the other day where BuzzFeed is, I saw crushed on the sidewalk a Four loco can. Um, was it yours? Oh, no. No, I didn't, I sadly. Didn't think, I didn't think sadly, they still made was, that stuff. I, I thought that that was contraband now. I didn't yeah, think that I know, they, but, but it was right that near they BuzzFeed. So yeah. one of you was I mean, like... Somebody had it. It wasn't. It wasn't me. I didn't see any. I didn't see any four loco in the freezer in the refrigerator upstairs. Whatever you guys need to get through the day, we're all we're all thanking you for your services and whatever you, whatever you need. Thank you. Indeed. And Lisa, I know you've got to jump to a meeting to figure out how to cover this speech that's happening in seven hours. <laughs> I, uh, I, I do. So, so we will let you go, and uh, and thank you so much for joining us uh, it was today. My pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, good luck tonight. Indeed, oh and you as you well. Too. Hey, Maureen. 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 Mm. Maureen, we're almost done. I just need you to, I need you, I need you to be wake up. I need you to stay awake for just a few more minutes. Uh, come on. Come on. What is it? Come on, little buddy. Come on. What are we doing? Rise and shine. What are we doing there? Hey there, Maureen. What? Hey. Hey, we need to finish the episode. Mm, Blue Apron. It's after. (laughs) Oh, God damn it. Actually, Dan. Did you see the person on Twitter this week who was like, for the love of God, Maureen. I saw it. Stop the Blue Apron shit. And trust me. (laughs) That person was me. I would if they would. But they keep paying us and they're, you know. God, I made my throat hurt. You know what could what might help with that is um, you know I and I hear you uh, on this week's menu they have really delicious apple and cheddar grilled cheese with roasted ah, carrots. Hurt. So they'll send you an apple, a piece of cheese, four slices of bread, and a carrot, and. Those will come in a box. It's <laughs> always from when I was doing Trump's and that's, sinuses. That's ah, not too much to pay. And now I it mean, just hurts. How, how much is four slices of bread, some cheese, and carrot, and now right. going to cost? Hold on. I'm back, Maureen. What were you doing? $30, maybe? <sighs> it's yours oh, for only, I think, $20? Uh, um, God damn it. Or I can barely breathe. a three-cheese pizza with an onion. <laughs> I'm glad you care, by the way. Who doesn't want to get mailed an onion? <laughs> <laughs> hey Dan. God. Yes. Dan? What? You all right? Uh, no. Maybe what you need. Does it matter? Would oh you God. stop ever? They. They. Only... I just fell over dead. How many grilled cheeses do you think they uh, they get? <clears throat> they're slipping under under the radar here. Every week uh, there's a grilled cheese. My eyes are watering right now so Every... badly. Every fucking week they have cheese on the menu, Dan. Or just like plain Uh, pasta. What's happening? That's so uh, worth it. Man, I like how you really tripled, tripled, quadrupled down Hmm? on this shit. Not sure what you mean. All right. Anyway. Hey, listen. Says Who is made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at Patreon slash Says Who. And today's Main Street Mogul advertiser on our episode is Dustin Ward. And this is what he wanted us to uh, advertise. I would like you to advocate for adopting pets from shelters versus buying them from puppy mills. Approximately 1.5 million shelter animals are euthanized each year. 
Uh, it says, further, could you do your best Bob Barker impersonation and espouse the importance of spaying and neutering our pets? Sure thing. Hey, everybody, you should spay and neuter your pets. I'm Bob Barker. Man, it was like I was at the Price is Right. Roughly 6.5 million pets enter shelters each year. And he's right. I My girl Zelda is, is a rescue. Our um, girl Spotty is a rescue. That's the only way. There's no reason to be buying an animal when there are just millions of animals out there that need a home. And they are so, so happy to go home with you. And they are. It's just the greatest thing you can possibly do. Honestly, it's so good. So for sure, visit your local animal shelter. It's just one of those things that as soon as you it occurs to you, it, like there, nobody should be buying an animal. Yeah. And you should just go to their shelter and adopt one. I mean, it, it's so, uh, it's, I mean, just do that. Do it. I can't. Be like Dustin. Do yeah. it. And also, he's running the Houston Marathon on the 20th, and he would appreciate the support of any says Whovians in the area. So please go out and support Dustin. Whoa, that's awesome. Have you noticed how all of our sponsors just have us talk about like really good causes and things? Just tell it us. is remarkable. And you know what? You can be one of those people by going to patreon.com slash says who. The Main Street mogul level isn't exactly cheap, but... We get to talk about whatever you want us to talk about. For fifty dollars a month, I'll come. Yeah. I'll sleep in your house. No, that's not true. That's just, not on there. I'll just sleep in the foot that, of your bed. No, you won't. You, I'll you just won't. curl up at the foot of your bed. You know who has some nice songs that are good to sleep to? I mean, not many, but a few that are kind of slow and charming. Is uh, Ted Leo? Do you think Ted Leo would let me sleep on a sofa? I'm positive. That's the kind of upstanding good guy Ted Leo is, he would, without hesitation, not only would he let you sleep on his sofa, Ted Leo would say, I'll sleep on the sofa, you sleep on the bed. Oh, man, thanks, Ted. And he performed our theme music. You know who'd let you sleep curled up in their little nest? Darth. Because their, Darth is a red panda. In their habitat, in their... In their, in their... You don't think red pandas sleep in little nests? I would guess I, they have little burrow, maybe like a burrow, an enclosure, uh, a cave. Yeah, some a, kind of, you know, like a a thing. It's yeah. an, an indoor thing. Anyway, go sleep in that indoor thing. Meanwhile, you can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that's H E Y at sayswhopodcast.com. You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash groups slash sayswhovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. Yeah, She's I'm, not asleep yet. I'm literally dying. She's upstairs watching wrestling with a 13-year-old, which I had to fucking miss because I had to watch Trump's goddamn talk. Dan, I have really had the, like the longest two weeks ever, and I'm just... I don't want to complain, but can I just... All right, you just you just tuck in. I'll finish it up, Maureen. Want to see us live? We will be at the Pod X conference in Nashville, May thirty first to June second. You can get your tickets at podx.com slash says who. If you get them that way, they know we sent you, and then they love us even more. Here's another thing. Here's another thing. What? What? No, you sleep, Maureen. You listening, spread the word about Says Who and please my head. subscribe in your various podcast applications of choice. Uh, and once you've done that, you should leave some stars, preferably five, and a review, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts, because let me tell you, that thing's a fucking black box. Who knows how it works? But everyone thinks that if you re write reviews, it helps. So I'm saying it too. Who knows what it really does, because podcasts are fucking magic. Anyway, join us on January 16th for our next episode. I have my head on the microphone. It's okay. From my basement in Chicago, I'm Dan Sinker. Can I come? Hey, you guys, can I sleep on your floor? It's Maureen Johnson. And this has been Says Who. 
the impression again. Which Do impression? It. What? The trombone. <laughs> God, oh. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. And then they're gonna chop <laughs> off your balls and stick them in your mouth and make you eat them while they point and laugh. Jesus. <laughs> I have a lot of phlegm in my mouth right now. Oh my god. I gotta find a tissue. Oh, no, oh no. really gross. Oh, <laughs> really no, gross. No, I'm so sad. Oh, I hate everything. I'm so sad I asked.